Told y'all this was a movement. Theory. That is also true. Um, what is that? 
No, she ain't she's in here changing stuff around. She the done sitting there rearranging. Now look, if y'all notice y'all can see both of us. She turned the camera. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? She just over here taking over stuff. What's up, my writer? Um but yeah, so like I know whatever, but like take us back to what got you into being uh social ser- got you into the social services world. That's where you know that's where you come from. Um What why is that important anyway? You asked the question. Mm-hmm. I don't know how like I don't know that it was something that I grew into versus something that I was destined to do. Okay. So, um when when I was little you want the little baby chips? I don't know that that name. It's your first one, though. See, you can't be hating on rap. I'm not hating on rap sex. I think it's a wonderful, enterprising group of people. Mm-hmm. I just don't want a hard time. Okay, anyway, this is not about you. I need you to be quiet. <laughs> so, um, so I think it was something that I was destined to do. Uh huh. And um, I've always been like giving um until I got to like seventh grade mm-hmm. um like I, I would overshare and overgive okay. then I got to seventh grade and I took this course on um how to say no and then I started the course, like the school? yeah it was like a little like three day oh, activity I know about that. see you don't know everything about me I'm like, we okay, anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway. I didn't say I knew everything. I'm just saying I listen. So listen, Linda. <laughs> I was um so I, I took the, the class because I had trouble saying no. Mm-hmm. I was like the kid that was okay with people like cheating off my paper mm-hmm. and um and so after this this like exercise mm-hmm. I was just saying no to everything. No, yeah. no, no. No, can I borrow a pencil? No. No, it's like the best word. And so, like, between seventh grade, well, actually, probably more like fifth grade to, um, like, maybe my tenth grade year mm-hmm. of high school, I was picked up a lot for, um, for any number of reasons. The, the biggest reason is being dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is because I believe in wearing my clothes, um, I like wearing professional clothes even as a kid. Oh, that was about okay. Yeah. And then also wearing the African clothes mm-hmm. that my mom brought back from her experiences in Africa. So mm-hmm. um, I had to develop thick skin. And so then once I was like in 10th grade, I think I developed my permanent um, RBF. And because of that... RBF. Resting bitch face. Oh, okay, yeah. So well, then, I don't know, you can't be just saying these acronyms without like letting people know. Okay, so, but most people who see me may see somebody and think that I'm angry mm-hmm. on time or I'm like, you're uttery. I'm not. Though. <laughs> I'm really kind <laughs> until I'm not. And you're then, kind until you're not. Until I'm not. But mm-hmm. I believe that I was just always designed and destined to mm-hmm. be somebody who was a helper. Okay, so. Okay. This helps. So, you can do that, right? I can do what? Be a helper. You just made the last point. I know, but you know like, it's taking forever to ask a question. Okay. You know, first of all, look, I'm telling you, you get a little bit of shine or whatever, and so you go through your head. No. I was fantastic before, so. But no, you could have done uh, being a helper, social services, um, you know, in that realm, that industry, that spectrum, however you want to label it, under, you know, other organizations. Yeah. Why choose to go down that path? Of entrepreneurship? Yeah. Oh, because even though I was educated and I was well-spoken and um, dedicated and... um, what I figured, what I thought was someone who was incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one hired me. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to. Wow. I don't know. So you like, you ain't like like I, re- I, I realized why people didn't hire me. Well, we're not talking about you though. No, see, this, well, this, 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 this is, is a not, conversation. Oh, is it? This is a so conversation. This is, this is Andrea and Andrea show. Oh, that's why I forgot to say that Andrea fix. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag Andrea fix. Um. 
<laughs> but no, no, no. What I'm saying is like, you know, we have moments of reflecting like everybody does. So you don't you think that, you know, with your education, your determination, your passion, that to them, they perceived you as a threat? That's possible. Um, and then I think a, a lot of it that I doubted myself a lot when I was mm-hmm. younger. And, you know, when I graduated from the Fort Valley State University, mm-hmm. I was pregnant with our second child. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, when I would go to interviews and people would see a pregnant person, they weren't. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And, you know, hiring somebody who wasn't pregnant without even giving me the opportunity. And then when I did get a job that somebody hired me for that was actually in my field, after the worst nine months of my life working at Geico. Um, it wasn't all that bad, was it? It was horrible. I think I still have PTSD from my experience at Geico. It was, it wasn't for me. Yeah. I mean, because what Geico reminded me of was my time at Fort Leonard, Missouri. It was like oh, um, you was doing basic training. Right. It okay. was too much oversight, too mm-hmm. much, um, too much of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got into a job working at a, um, one of the local prevent child abuse. Um, he says, hey, y'all. Hey. Uh, one of the local prevent child abuse um, councils. Mm-hmm. And I was pregnant when I got the interview. Um, Just couldn't keep your hands off of them, huh? Off who? That man. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I like to tell people, I mean, what I like to say to you, that um, one of us was... <laughs> Is your husband's name Andreas Araujo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my husband's name is Andreas. No, somebody texted you that. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, these are now this is a text. But what you like to tell people? Um, oh, that <laughs> that you know we wanted. Well, what is that thing you say to people? We oh, okay. So you wanted? Uh, no, I say I wanted. I wanted none. Yeah, you wanted none. But then I said I wanted four. You said six. Uh, then you wanted six. And then we compromised. No. What was it? Yeah, we compromised at eight. Is, was that the compromise? Yeah. Eight was the compromise. You said that on speaker though, right? Yeah, still. Okay. Uh-huh, I'm just trying to share it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, if y'all got any questions out there about nonprofit stuff, about just, you know, coming into yourself, um, how do you get on a transition team? You know, I didn't do that myself. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, um, hey, friends, this was Chriselle. Hey, um, girl. <laughs> but yeah, no, but like I'm like you've had a lot of. Uh, let's, let's, I've had a lot of awesome experience. Yes. So mm-hmm. I have to tell your listeners too that I'm firmly mm-hmm. resting in a place of gratefulness because it's true. Yeah. I've had. Um, some some awesome experiences for somebody who grew up in the hood and who still lives there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the other thing too. I was gonna say like uh, you're this person who is because uh, actually I was thinking of this whole like narrative of how I was gonna introduce you, and I'm like the hood respects you and corporate loves you because I'm authentic. But I'm like you don't get that many people though that can balance both worlds or like you know what I'm saying. No, some people, like, when they go corporate or corporate starts dealing with them, the streets leave them alone. Why would... They do. I'm just saying, but you, you I'm like, because you don't know where someone loyalty lies. And then when people get put in positions uh, to do great things, they tend to, like, shun where they come from. I'm like, oh, you no. can't say that, you know what I'm saying, we haven't experienced that. I mean, uh, there are people who uh, begin to move differently once they get some level of success. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned is that it's best to stick to exactly who I am and be myself wherever I am so um, even when like when I'm in situations where I'm the only woman in the room or when I'm the only black person in the room um, I'm going to be exactly who I am 100% of the time uh, I just might curse a little less in certain spaces than I do in others I'm like that's, that's a given I'm like that's you know that's professionally. Yeah, exactly. But I'm still crazy. Even if it's if, if, if not using those words. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I love seeing the emails and stuff like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so do you feel, what do you feel like you're, you know, saying this point in your life? Because I feel like you're, you know, you are embracing who you are, like 100%, um, you know, okay with who you are. I am. Um, and don't mind, like, letting everybody else know. Yeah, I and, am. It doesn't matter. I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, you know, some people like to put, they put too much emphasis on other people. Right. And I don't need anybody else's approval to to move how I need to move. And I, I mean, and that's not something that, that I just always had. That was just something that I had to develop. Mm-hmm. Because I was never going to be who I was destined to be. If I was living in the ramifications or with the ramifications of, or in the sphere of what somebody else mm-hmm. or any, uh, not just somebody, but anybody mm-hmm. wanted me to be. So, um, I am Andrea Karima Cook and that's, you know, what you see is what you get. And, and, right. I'm, I, and I have to add that, um, Andreas and I have been, Married. It'll be 18 years. Um, November. In November. November 30th or 29th. What is it? Y'all hear that? Come on, November 30th. 29. We did this for at least five, six years. The first five, six years or whatever. So November 30th. No, it's not them. November 28th. Oh, who picked the date? You picked the date. I picked the date. How did you pick a date? I picked the date. I picked the location. All that. All that I picked. And um, it was a beautiful day. It was was a pretty church, too. It was a beautiful day. Oh, and we got married in Fort Valley. The Fort Valley city. The Fort Valley. Yeah. Um, But now go ahead and say your point, though. So you were married for 18 years. We've been married for 18 years. More than 18 years. Almost. Yeah. Um. Uh, I probably like him more today than I did ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Um. But I think we've like grown into, mm-hmm. um, you know, this relationship because, mm-hmm. you know, people think that marriage is, um. I don't think anybody thinks it's easy, but I do think that sometimes people think that you get married and then it's, that there's no work involved um, past being with each other and you know being being with like. But it's an extra layer of aggravation when you um, have eight children and um, when you sleep beside somebody. Uh, and when you have to work with somebody mm-hmm. every day, mind your business. <laughs> you know, like that is a measure of, of like how somebody, how much somebody loves you. If they're mm-hmm. willing to be themselves and not yeah. like run, I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. No, and I, if if I'm using the bathroom and you happen to come in in or walk past. Because mm-hmm. I leave the door open when I'm at home because I got to listen out for our kids. Yeah, um, and they've actually internalized that, and that's how some of them do that too. Which I don't is, think it's internalized. No, I no, think no, that I'm saying like it's a common practice in our house. No, it's not. No, no, don't no, say no. it like that because okay, that no. sounds strange. No, it like our thing. little kids, our little kids tend to use the bathroom with the door open. Yes, our older kids. Yeah, because they've gotten older, whatever. Right now, now they have privacy. Cool, whatever. Um, but no, no, what I'm saying is like this is like one of the ways we function now. Like, I, I, you don't I, use the bathroom with the door open ever. I so, don't. So, uh, don't. But, you know, but no, no. I, anyway, I like what is this having to do with anything? This is industry Thursdays. We talk about a lot of different How things. How is this anything to do with the industry? There's also the industry. There's the health industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, how you run your house. That don't make no sense, yes, man. Yeah, yeah, okay. There is no freedom in exactly who you are. I mean, there is freedom. Yes, it is. Yes, um, Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. If y'all got questions, comments, stuff like that, uh, go ahead and put them in there. Um, yeah. But, but I did. I, <laughs> I, and, and Slum. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, we don't get into it. No, no, go ahead. I just, I, uh, I picked on him a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> he told, then he told me to go get in the corner. Basically. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
But he is one of my favorite people. And, um, how does how someone get on your favorite people list? It's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's once once you are in my quality world, you're in it. You're in it. And um, and then that means so, I'm, uh, I'm loyal to a fault. And uh, explain to the people what is a quality world. Well, a quality world is a concept that was um, created by Dr. William Glasser. Mm-hmm. Um, our theoretical orientation at the Tubman Center for Choice Theory is choice theory and reality therapy. Mm-hmm. And we believe that um, there's this concept of who and what things are important to you. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that are important to you rest well within your quality world. Mm-hmm. And when something is outside of your quality world, it functions a lot like Aries, where... Um, really? Yeah, like that you all are just once you like it's like you're dead to me. Then people are dead to you. Like they don't. Christelle said that earlier today. She's Aries. Yes, and so, I was like, yeah, I, I totally agree. She's the sweetest Aries she's that the, I've ever is, met. Yes. But you are just yeah, an asshole. Yes, I'm yes, I am. Thank you. I mean, um, but it's true. And but anyway, I was talking about Billy So he's he is in my quality world, and um, which means a lot. Like I was at a press conference and I wore one of his sweatshirts and it wasn't like I was intending to just be like, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't that. It was, um, why not? Why not support somebody or specifically him in a way that, and he didn't ask me to, but I, I really appreciate his friendship and I appreciate, um, I just appreciate him as a person. Yeah. Who made that connection? I know what to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, because you know, cause if I give you just a little inch, you're going to take a whole mile, then I have to bring you back down to reality. Yeah, so you do. Which is, which it's is, just too much is, energy. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, so why don't you tell everybody how I upgraded you? I mean, no. you were wearing see-through shirts when I okay, met you. Of, and dirty no, tennis no, shoes. Okay, yeah. See, look. You go. You make it this thing like you just picked me up out of the. I did. You were just. You were just you know you a straight gutter. And I just, <laughs> First of all, you're a gutter. Anyway, oh, uh, but no, I knew you were someone special. Like I told you, uh, the day that we met, um, in person, and you was like, you know, you are gonna come on. You had like some assassins and everything. You just gonna sit there and like, you know, that's forever etched in my brain. Uh, it's one of those memories I always go to, um, every now and then. But yeah. Um, but no, no. I'm like you. You brought the better me out. Yeah. I'm like because a lot of people, you know, sit on the shopping block and stuff like that. That's one of those things about a person who's Aries, and they. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh no, we're not. We're not uh, there we go. We're not taking the phone calls now. Um, that's <laughs> a, a person with a um who they just cut people off. And, yes. But that's the concept. So mm-hmm. when you're in somebody's quality world, you're in it. Yeah. And it's a major shattering. Um, it shatters like somebody's not, not necessarily their self concept when that quality world is shaken up. Um, it can be detrimental mm-hmm. when somebody violates that quality world. Yeah. So. Why does mental health matter? Because there's so many people who deserve to have access to mm. mental health care. Um, I mean, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't didn't have access oh. and um, information and outlet. Uh, I'd be a hot mess. I mean, because it just looking at where people who um, have had like similar experiences that um, that I've had um, growing up and in adulthood you don't necessarily um, the, I'm just oh sorry. You should be able to keep your train of No, because you're just a huge major distraction. Being on this green and gold. Don't be like just so, right here. So when you like everybody I didn't 
everybody should have access because when people have access to mental health care, they can overcome things that maybe they weren't designed to um, to overcome. And I think about like all the people who have seen me, and not just you know I'm walking past and they see me, but have seen like my um, my intent and my value and have given voice to that. You and and Crystal is your favorite couple. We'll be your second favorite couple. Um, uh, and I I was very upset when I was here today, and I almost canceled. It's like, nah, you, you get you get somebody else to fill in because it don't work that way. I put you on the fire. You gotta come. You don't come. That's it. You get, what you gonna you do? What you gonna do? I shut it down. Okay, well then you can sleep out here at the coop shop. You can sleep on the porch with the dogs. <laughs> but no, um, everybody should have access to mental health resources. Um, and like, no, nah, that's actually one of the things I love that, you know, when I met you, you're being introduced to your mom, and just seeing, you know, y'all's passion. You know, for uh, mental health services, because I never looked at it that way. You know, until I wouldn't even look at social services and everything that y'all do or whatever. In that manner, the, the in, like that, being an ally for it to be, you know, exposed and more resources given to it if it wasn't for y'all. I would be like, you know, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, because even going to the Capitol <laughs> protesting um, for mm-hmm. the um, Violence Against Women's Act mm-hmm. and continuing to, you know, make a, a fuss. That's it. Um, that stuff is, in, like, a lot of people don't know um, how important it is to know policy and to um, advocate for policy change. And and then, I mean, there's, there's a whole other issue about, especially in African-American communities, the fact that we didn't learn our true history we're um they're a little bit better now about helping our teachers are a little bit better now but it's hard to to have even self-identity mm-hmm. when you don't know the true history of of the kind of people that you come from yeah you know, like, like everybody else has to trace back their nationalities and stuff to other countries whatever and we just left out here and just we're just wondering because yeah. you know once the Africans were brought to this country. They were, I mean, because they were Africans when they left the continent. They weren't slaves. They were people who were enslaved. Mm-hmm. And they were bred. We were bred. I mean, so um, there are lots of things that, that we do well because we were bred to do those things better than other people. I mean, there's, but there's also the idea of getting, getting mental health help or addressing mental health concerns was something that we were taught to pray about it and, um, and work harder and, um, we weren't necessarily, it's, it's been either viewed as a luxury to have mental health services mm-hmm. or it's been viewed as taboo. Yeah. And so we have to normalize. We have to normalize the, the conversation about mental health and um and someone who looks like you is trying to help you. Yes, exactly. Um how is it being a mother of eight, a wife, CEO being your wife is hard. You know what? <laughs> I guess you wouldn't be like that. <laughs> but no, no, how is that in finding balance to that, too, though? I don't know if there is balance. Mm-hmm. Like, when I go back home, and shout out to my cousin, Terrica, for sitting with the kids tonight. Mm-hmm. When I go back home, um, I have to find... Um, they, have, they have to go to school tomorrow, and they have... So I like, you be... No, I don't. You don't no, be no. preparing. No, you, I take them to school, though. You take... Andreas, what? stop. That's it? Stop you know it. how many husbands I said do not take the kids to school? I'm not talking about nobody else's kids. I'm just saying, I, I, it's like, I'll be doing some stuff. I can do better. You could. 
I can do better. Except that. Not, don't just talk about what you could do. Just do better. Process. Do better, cause that old man almost took your wife. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you can go 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 find a dusty ass dude. How about that? <laughs> I don't think you gonna get out of here in the service yet. I mean, but hey, he gonna, ain't gonna, he be gonna... Able to take no kids. To school. <laughs> he's gonna explode when he try to drive. <laughs> Why would you stop taking him to school? You still ain't daddy. Whatever. You go find somebody. You gonna build and everything. I'm gonna need you on Tuesday and Thursday to come do this and that. Yeah. Um, uh, but no. College is like, you know, being perceived uh, as a leader, um, you know, I guess a trailblazer in some regards, um, you know, a being a visionary. Um, sometimes it's a little bit um, intimidating uh, to be looked at as somebody that um, you know has some level of success mm-hmm. that's um, because I didn't get into doing this work or to do anything for somebody to like applaud no, me I know. but you know but like I said though like one with sequel it has to have a face before people can really start pouring into it. And then once it gets to a certain level, then, you know, you establish the company identity and the brand will be out there and it'll be strong. And, you know, it's had this reputation of being able to do what it does. Um, but, Mike, somebody got to be able to... And then think about this whole market. The middle Georgia market, especially making. It's a good old boy networking system or whatever, meaning that you can have the solution for the problem and it be there and people won't support because they, they don't have no vested interest in it. Well, I mean, while that's every room I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm going to check. I'm a fact check. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to ask you, well, what, well, what are you doing? What solution have you come up with? Mm-hmm. What have you done uh, to you know, shift or change the trajectory of somebody's life. And not in a way where you say, okay, well, this is my job, so I'm showing up to do this. What what selfless act did you do to help somebody else? And if you haven't done that, then we don't have much else to talk about. Because that, to me, if you're not willing to step outside of yourself, uh, and not because it directly benefits you, um, but do something just because it helps somebody else. I mean, you're not gaining anything. Yeah. Then I think that that this is not the field for you. I wish that there was a way that I could go to every social work program, every therapy program in the country, and say, um, you know, develop a, a system for who to be the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The same way you feel about that, I wish I could go to these business programs and do that. Um, you saying it to be shady, and I'm saying it to be a gatekeeper. No, no, I do. Yes, I do say some stuff for shade, but you know I'm passionate about like doing business in the right way, as opposed to doing business just to make yourself look good, or just so you can do this and that or whatever. But you can't. I mean, because you miss represent yourself to the consumers, and then the consumers. When you gonna play some music? I am in the moment. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna play your favorite song by Slum right now. The I'm new one. No, oh no, black. That's my that's my jam. Uh huh. Should have been longer than two minutes and sixteen seconds, but yeah. But. Uh, but no, just like how you feel with that, that's the same thing. You know, I feel with uh, business, and that you know, there's like, do not hurt the consumer in the end. Just like with social services, do not hurt the people that you're trying to serve in the end. Do no harm. Exactly. Do no harm. Um, so, yeah. So, let's go ahead and get it to uh, the song real quick. And then we'll come back. We're going to talk about this uh, shot real quick. But uh, for everybody out there, tune into the link. Uh, listen through Blog Talk. This is uh, Billy Slum's song, Black Boy, off his Supernatural Project. I swear, like, every time I step in this booth, it's like... Like therapy for me, brother. You know, even if it ain't nothing but just, just, just. 
feel I was a yard. You know? But these are my thoughts. Mama tell me why this world don't love me. The ones that look like me, main ones that want to slug me. Grew up with a chip on his shoulder, now he's thugging. Peek behind the wall, you see he had no one to hug him. And kids in the hood only imitate what they see. So who am I to judge? Shit, at one point that was me. That's where I'm from, you was either chopping down a quarter key. Around for your hood and down to die for your street. Rather find it in between. So the pendulum begins to swing. My cousin's off to success into the streets I would lean. Mug on me, pain in my heart. Still living through the trauma, I ain't ashamed of my scars. But maybe through my heartache I can save one of y'all From falling flat on your face, I swear that pavement is hard A lot of loss, a lot of lessons, these are my confessions This rap shit is a blessing cause it snatched me out the ashes of a burning road I swear my heart was turning cold, so numb to the bullshit cause I done seen it all before I used to look up the E, but out the blue he turned on me Got a picture in his mind of who he think I'm supposed to be I trust nothing but this 40 so I keep it close to me Can't shake this frame of mind after all that's been showed to me It's a very cruel world, gotta play the cards you if we want to say that you got to change their living condition the Children can't even play without worry about getting popped I fit in the description to get murdered by a cop It's a lose-lose situation Imagine trying to stay sane through all the shit you facing Imagine thinking it's normal when your homie's dying young Normal to shoot your brother cause of where he from I swear PTSD got us all living on I tell it like it is, reporting live from the slum Yeah Black Boy, our Supernatural Project. Anybody out there, uh, we still got some minutes left and things of that nature. Um, got quite a few minutes left. Uh, you can dial in if you want to, 917-889-8041. It's 917-889-8041. If you got questions for Miss Cook, who is very versatile about the stuff that she does. But let's get into uh, the cook shop. You know, CEO of the cook shop. Yes, damn straight. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we go, we go. Uh, start paying your employee. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let, let anybody know why you started to cook out. Like, what was its um, uh, origin, place of uh, you know being birthed? Why was it birthed? Um, I don't think it's a secret that our oldest mm-hmm. daughter has genetic disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called tuberous sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredibly rare. Yes. And it's even rarer in um, in black people, mm-hmm. which is why it's Andreas' fault. No. no. First of all, it's <laughs> okay, <let me> <laughs> it, it was a spontaneous, spontaneous mutation. mutation. Um, and um, so our perfect uh, mm-hmm. baby who was, like, advanced and, um, I mean, just beautiful, perfect baby. When she was 18 months old, she started drifting off. Well, we just thought she was, like, you know, being silly, rolling her eyes, and, um, turns out she was having seizures. Yes. So, um, even as, like, a little baby, she had these white marks all over her. And they were, um, we just thought that she had a bunch of birthmarks. And even though she had the same pediatrician the entire time, we never missed a well visit. Um, uh, as soon as the seizures combined with those white spots, she knew immediately that it was either going to be um, neurofibromatosis or tuberous sclerosis. That wasn't Paige, though. That was Paige. That was Dr. Paige. Yeah. And um, so after months of testing and um, genetic testing, uh, we got the news when she was two that she had tuber sclerosis, which um, I don't know which which diagnosis would have been worse. Um, versus the, the neurofibromatosis versus the I mean, look at that one. the neurofibromatosis is basically the in, inverse mm-hmm. is the the opposite of um, TS. So where Ari's um, tumors and 
uh, grow inside oh, of her body. The neurofibromatosis it grows on the skin. Oh outside. wow! So um, and those tumors get huge, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, our um, amazing eighteen-year-old who's very has a she has a lot of attitudes most days and doesn't always take her medicine right. So she has never been six months seizure free. Um, not since the the seizures got really bad. So yeah. um, well, since uh, eleven. Yeah, like, when, you know between like monarchy you know, when she started getting her period. Yeah, that's when. That's when she got her period. Is when the seizures got. They um, you know. Got bad. Yeah, so, um, I was working on getting my doctorate. Mm-hmm. Was traveling to uh, Vermont and New Hampshire, and we had been spending what ninety dollars to one hundred and twenty dollars a bottle on uh, on hemp. <laughs> we were spending on hemp. Like I think that that one was like Charlotte's Web or something. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't, she couldn't, we couldn't afford to get her enough uh, to keep her from having seizures. So, went to um, a hemp field in Vermont, bought some stalks of hemp, bought way more than I could get in a bottle from uh, from a farmer. I spent about $35 mm-hmm. and then shipped it back to Macon. Mm-hmm. And, really and, and so, we started making her medicine and buy the capsules and everything to make her medicine with enough hemp in it to keep her from having like the grandma seizures. So um, I started getting on like all these, um, uh, like getting the wholesale accounts. And in order to do that, we had to officially be a business. So we started to cook shopping. Plus, I'm, I'm like a stickler for getting a good deal. And when you're a vendor, yeah. when you're buying a whole right. We could have kept the cook shop, though, as just as a primary. As a, we could have kept it as just like reselling. Yeah. Well, not even that. Just um, supplementing our medicine. Yeah. We didn't have to. We didn't have to expand. But we had so much. Like, I, because I was getting such great deals and I was finding all these different strains and we were trying all this different stuff to see which ones work best for her, which at that time was ACDC. Mm-hmm. And um, so we started, you know, making it in there and sharing it with other people. And um, and people liked the formulations we were coming up with. And so um, we did our first vending event at once here at Ponce's um, um, art parties. And it, it did well. And so we just kept it, kept it going. And... Um, it has definitely been a learning curve. It what's scary about it is that when I talk to people about the cook shop, um, you know they want to be like, "Oh, you, you know, you're a pusher or whatever." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not." Um, and but I do believe in helping people, and so Andreas is really being on. Or, you have been really big on selling to him, and I. The reason why he's the one who's basically the face is because we. I would just give it away, um, and uh, well, which to me it's the best of both. Which worlds. I'm giving come away. Your battery dying, oh. and um, so uh, I just. So that's where the cook shop. Uh, Brittany said, "So how did you overcome that? What? Guess the push, maybe the pusher comment." Uh, oh, being a pusher, um, I just keep it moving because the thing about it is, is the perception. I don't like to carry the hemp on me. Mm-hmm. One, I mean, you know, I drive the BMW with tinted windows. I don't want nobody to to to. Pull me over thinking that, Mature, uh, that uh, you know, I mean, I got dreads, you know, I'm dark skinned. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they can think. But I don't, because of the the potential, I just don't, I don't, I don't carry it with me. But be, becoming more educated about mm-hmm. 
the strains and what it means to be a sativa and what it means to be an indica and or a hybrid or a hybrid or what it means um you know the the delta nine levels and what mm-hmm. THC level is in. You, you seen delta eight they doing? We're not talking about that okay, right I'm now. Okay, I'm just saying. And then like what it what all of the industry terms are and learning about butt tending. Mm-hmm. And I ask people often, I'm like, do you know what you're ingesting? Yeah. When you get the girls. <laughs> so what? So do you know? Um. Uh, do you know what you're getting? Mm-hmm. And when you go into some of these smoke shops, do you know what, where this this um, hemp came from? Mm-hmm. Was it grown organically with no mm-hmm. pesticides? Or herbicides. Or yeah. herbicides. And that, like, what we get mm-hmm. is the very best that money can buy um, because we're giving it to our, our child, our children. So, or, you know, Ari. Mm. So um, that's how the cook shop got started. That's how we continue. To, that's why we continue to do it because I feel like it's a service to people, and um, and we'll continue to do it. Um, yeah, I don't see no stopping with this. No. Like I see, I actually I see it getting bigger. Um, Which is why I'm not relinquishing my CEO role. <laughs> I'm just a glorified salesperson anyway. <laughs> Knowing uh, what's in your products is really important, yes. Uh, we know everything that's inside of the cook shop products, and I often tell people all the ingredients and things of that nature. I just don't tell people the formula. Um, that's what you're paying for. But <laughs> no, no. Uh, so cook shop, so now sequel. Um, explain to everybody a little bit more about SQL, all the programs that it has to offer. What is SQL for? Um, SQL was created as a nonprofit to address um, barriers to effective mental health care because there are so many. Um, what we would find in our for-profit business and what we still find is that people um, – don't make their mental health a priority because they gotta buy groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, they gotta buy diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't afford it. SQL was basically designed to move remove all of those barriers. So if you call us and say I can't come because I don't have I don't have groceries, come on, we got we got a food pantry. Take what you need. Um we if you say I need to buy diapers or I need some period supplies, we got enough too. Come on. Come to therapy. Mm-hmm. We'll, we will give you this. Oh, well, I don't have my copay. That is not a reason for you not to come. We got funds for that, too. Mm-hmm. So that's what SQL is about. Um, and then, I mean, we branched out to do other things. Like, we do laundry days, which mm-hmm. um, it's fun. It's fun to go and just surprise people and mm-hmm. wash their clothes. Like, like, well, what I got to do? I'm like, nothing. Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> move out the way so we can put the quarters in the machine. Yeah. Okay, so let me interrupt you there. Um, when people say, what do I have to do, was that like another reason to um, start uh, SQL to take away that barrier? Because I've seen other nonprofits operate a little differently. I won't have to be like, no, 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 about these forms or, you know, you got to answer all these invasive questions and things of that nature. Yeah, uh, but we we try to do things with respect, and, you know, in a way that we would want the services done mm-hmm. for us. Um, I've always been interested in making sure that we treat people like whole human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of what service they come into our office for, mm-hmm. that's what we do. I mean, and we we have some clients that have done some pretty terrible things, mm-hmm. and they come to us, and then we treat them like they're human beings, like yes. with respect. Um, I mean, sometimes there's some stern conversations that have to happen, mm-hmm. um, but we do it from a, a place and a space of 
love. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, not sappy love, but mm-hmm. it's that agape love where mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's because you deserve it. Yeah. So um, that's what we intend to to do all across the most marginalized parts of our city. That's what's up. So uh, what are you doing with the contest? What are we doing now? This is a contest. I told Arian months ago that mm-hmm. I was going to get him some hemp rents and so on. Mm-hmm. But you said you was giving away something, though. I said I was giving away nothing. You did. You said I was giving away a prize. No, I did. I said I was giving away these to Arian. They already oh, allocated. Allocated. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, you CEO. I just have to Why you don't have no energy? Come on, can you play mm-hmm. some Pastor Troy next? I don't have the whole Pastor Troy in here. I have independent artists. Thank you very much. Pastor Troy. He's an independent artist. He yeah, was now. only a major artist for like one, maybe two albums. Well, you know. Oh, I'm being music now. Play it. Um, so what's next for like Andrea, though? Um, because like your, your uh, rise to uh, popularity or notoriety however you want to call it. I don't call it any of it. I know you don't, but it is factual, though. It is factual that, you know, you've been on this um, trajectory, and because of all the different stuff that you're doing, how passionate you are about what you do and the manner that you do it and how you execute, you know, you're going to naturally stand out um, against other, you know, people who are trying to do the same or organizations, whatever the case may be. Because people can see your passion. They can see your energy into what you're doing. Um, I believe in collaboration over competition unless you don't want to collaborate, and then we will compete. And I'm okay with that. And I'm I'm okay with um, uh, reminding people uh, that simply because I am kind, I don't have to be. and that I, mean, I think a lot of that came with um, I think a lot of that came with being the youngest of five and and um and being I was incredibly protected as a kid and mm-hmm. um and just full writing. like I didn't know how to do nothing when I when I lived by myself, well, I never really lived by myself. But once I was, even with you, I mean, remember, like, telling me how nasty the food was I was cooking? <laughs> you got me better. First time you eat ramen noodles was with me. That was true. I uh, didn't eat ramen until college. So, you know, and, oh, no, Dad, you, you ain't never eat I did, I, did No, I mean, I remember maybe a few instances of bologna as yeah. a child. But, yeah, but I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, though. Like, you know, I come to, like, really appreciate some of the things that you've actually, like, passed on with, like, family and tight-knit, the tight closeness of it. And as long as it's positive stuff, it's it's very well, uh, you know, admired and things of that nature. Because some people, you know, I'm like, they don't have that with their siblings and family or whatever. And it's hard for them to really, like, you know, it's just hard, you know, because of the way that some people are brought up. And oh yeah, we were brought up to like um, check on each other, even if like there's, mm-hmm. you know, some moderate beef. Mm-hmm. Then um, I know, like, uh, or not even a beef, but just this distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and because a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm definitely afraid of storms, specifically tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, like, if there was a storm, I couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't leave. I'd be mm-hmm. like, Andreas, how close are you? Can you pick up mm-hmm. the kids? Um, and um, Choice Theory helped me get through that. And But also, I've gotten to a place where I just know what I'm going to do. I've developed a plan, how I'm going to keep our kids safe. I'm going to hold on to everybody if something happens. Mm-hmm. And so I'm much better now mm-hmm. than I was. But, like, this morning um, people were calling me to check on me and make sure I was okay because mm-hmm. of the storm. So, um, That's cool, though. So my M- M- Mika called me, Mama mm-hmm. called me, Ted called me to make sure that I was I was okay. And mentally I'm, I'm good. I was 
I was still sleeping through whatever was happening this morning. But anyway, so I really think that people should be able to have access to what I've had access to because Mm -hmm. the only reason why I can show up like this is because of therapy. So, so, like, what's the goal? Oh, you did. I didn't answer your question. Mm -hmm. So, um, to finish my doctorate, Mm -hmm. um, being a doctoral candidate kind of leaves you in this loophole. Not really a loophole because you can't really. It's it's like, even though I've completed all the coursework to Mm -hmm. be doctor, I can't be doctor until I write the book. So, Mm -hmm. write the book, but hopefully, write the book that becomes my life work which mm-hmm. is the idea of being a community therapist, not mm-hmm. just um, some an individual person's therapist, but helping to heal a community through access. And mm-hmm. so that, I believe, will be my legacy. Um, not just I believe, it is my legacy. It will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will go down in history that I aggravated enough people mm-hmm to get a no-cost mental health clinic in making. So mm-hmm. I have to applaud Lester Miller. I do. Mm-hmm. There's going to probably be people who are going to be like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely grew on me. And and he has proven, not just because of the, the funding. The funding mm-hmm. is like icing. Mm-hmm. What, was, um, what was really great about getting to know him is that he, he listened. Um, and he didn't listen to respond, but he was really listening to understand. Mm-hmm. So that's the last compliment I'm going to give and tell us about our mayor. But <laughs> You still got like this four years. I mean, but I don't want people to say like I'm just like riding, yeah. but I, I really have to say that he did show up. Mm-hmm. No, um, I think I'm hopeful. So, you know. Right. And, um, and, and I can say through all the stuff I've seen, not even just the mental health center, but even with the Warren Center, and then just the initiative of wanting to do things differently. All right, because, you know, some people get comfortable in doing things the, a certain way, and those certain ways don't work. They don't. They so don't you have to embrace, work. you know, new ideas and new perspectives and things of that nature and really, like, devote the resources to the things that need the resources devoted to them. Yeah. Which, why do we have all these homeless people around here? You're not taking care of them. We could take care of our homeless. They're not homeless people. Well, I'm just saying. They're people, people who are experiencing seem, homelessness. Okay, people who are experiencing homelessness, which yeah. are like that. But then also the people who are experiencing mental health issues. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff, whatever. So I'm like, we can have this utopia society. It is very possible. It is possible, man. No, you good. Oh, making is making, making, making. <laughs> Sometimes it come out. Yeah. So, <clears throat> making is has the absolute potential to be the beacon of our state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, why not be the first city? Well, not just why not. We are the first city to have a government sanctioned, no cost mental health clinic. Mm-hmm. And so. What I want people to know mm-hmm. is that not only will this be successful, mm-hmm. this will be the blueprint. For everything else. All right, well, you know, we got about 40 seconds there. Appreciate everybody out there tuning in. Thank you, ma'am, for taking your time out your busy schedule. Embrace change, love it. Exactly. Everybody go download the app. If you have not, make that radio show. It's on Apple and Google Play stores. Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in to Industry Thursdays. A uh, go hit up uh, Sequels uh, Facebook page. Facebook Sequels and SCCT. And SCCT, and you know y'all. Uh, you all will read the Andrea Effect <laughs> one day. <laughs> Good to see you soon. Show we controlling the globe and we second to no one. Every time we emerge, we put in that work.
pull up Wednesdays from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. with tips to the trophy. And we keep making moves by coastal. Let them suckers they believe what I told you. Fade out, about to be your house all day. Fade out, mean when you pop more change. We keep in the real, we're gonna lick it. Hello, hell for Jess, so tune in when you better be. We getting fancy with Nancy on Thursday at 7 p.m. for making headspace therapy. Falling like Odell, shout out to Rochelle. Network is Saturday's about to be your movie. Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it. This a conglomerate, we get into it. Friday's got to be inspired with Linda H. When you ride on the interstate, and we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6. While you watching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out to Scuffer, this captain of the mothership. If you ain't know that you know now.